this lion's heart and soul to discover its spirit. Norway. Hey, it looks like the storm is finally letting up. Well, maybe the Sunday drivers will come out a hunting for gas. Ain't many folks can pay no 18 cents a gallon. W Radio, your information station. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 421 for the week of September 27th, 2015. I am here to help you have the best possible Disney vacation experience and bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are, whether you love the secrets, stories, histories, details, top tens, there's something here for you. You can find everything over at www.radio.com, including our blog, live broadcasts every Wednesday night, special events, books, audio tours, and more. So Epcot is celebrating its 20th anniversary of the annual Epcot International Food and Wine Festival, the most wonderful time of the year, and with nearly 40 destinations offering classic favorites and some fresh twists, the event is bigger, better, and more appetizing than ever. So this week, please join me as I wander, or waddle, around the World Showcase Promenade and through some new locations in Future World as we sample and review what's new and delicious at this year's event. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week and pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show for more updates and information about upcoming meets of the month and your voicemails. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. Before we get into the live review and walk around through World Showcase and Future World, I had a couple of minutes to sit down or stand up with the uh, general manager of Epcot Food and Beverage, Chef Jens, and the executive chef of the Epcot International Food and Wine Festival to talk about not just what's new, but what's returning and maybe how some things have changed at this year's festival. Play that for a couple minutes. We'll get right into the walk around. Don't listen hungry. Let's go. So oftentimes you'll see men and women in great shape and they attribute their bodies to their trainers and the people that work out. I should attribute my beautiful pear-shaped figure <laughs> to uh, Jens and Greg here at the Epcot Food and Wine Festival. It's really like being in the presence of like Yoda and Obi-Wan Kenobi as, as Jens is sort of handing down the torch to, uh, to Chef Greg now, executive chef of Food and Wine Festival. And Jens, you are the general manager. No. The general manager of Epcot Food and Beverage, and Greg is the executive chef for all of Epcot Food and Beverage, not only the festival. So he took over a very big role, and I stepped one level up and uh, have more responsibilities, a little less control, uh, but I can have a great team uh, working for me. You're always going to be Chef Jens to me. I'm not used to seeing you out of your, uh, your, your Chef Whites, but it's 20 years um, of Food and Wine Festival, and I have to imagine it's got to be difficult to strike a balance between bringing back those things that so many of us love year after year and then wanting to keep it, pun intended, fresh for for guests as well. And I think that for me was probably the hardest thing to do because we knew that we wanted to bring back 
some classics, but we wanted to have a good amount of new things. And of course, following my chef, I wanted to make sure that I did, you know, I did that. I gave a great impression. I did try to elevate it. Um, and I think we had that opportunity with Next Eats and really trying to create something totally new, um, you know, and introducing liquid nitrogen to a larger larger spectrum, but also bring back some, some cool favorites like the lobster roll, the Greek salad. So kind of having that balance, but it's never easy because you really want to do new, new, new. But I think bringing back some old stuff, um, I think it's going to be a good a good idea, at least for this year. Let's touch on the new real quick because when you, again, trying to be new and trying to be different and trying to be innovative is, is probably so challenging because now we're a, such a consumption. People are watching the food network and we're, we're, we're learning so much more. Do you look to current trends or do you try to even look sort of outside that box and do some things that maybe guests haven't seen before? I think in our, in our food and beverage world, you, you're always being inspired. I mean, it's a very visual uh, field of work, so you, you're getting inspired for all kinds of things. You're getting inspired from the, from the bounty of beautiful produce. You're getting inspired by, by different cuts of meat. Um, you're getting inspired by the challenge, by just, okay, if you, have, if you use different cuts of meat or different cuts of fish or different vegetables, how do we break them down? How do we cook them properly? So it's an ongoing challenge. And I mean, I think you get inspired by everything. Like I said, um, it could be a farmer's market where you get inspired from, or it could be a, a TV show. I think, we, I think the chef team always tries not to copy because we want to be unique, we want to be different. And I think that the latest trend about sustainability, farm to table, local, I mean, those were important trends when we brought in Farm Fresh a couple of years ago. We brought in uh, Terra when it was a vegan kiosk. Now it is uh, Next Eats in the Next Eats areas. But it's constantly pushing, constantly elevating, um, and then, of course, celebrating some of those classics, like Chef Greg said. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we want to be new, and we want to we want to change, and I think the whole Next Eats helps us kind of divide a little bit of the science and the sustainability, and although we are thinking that it is new and it is a future, but in my mind we're kind of going back because that's truly what it used to be. Local farmers, local produce. So it, it kind of ties in both elements um, in a perfect setting. And I think you and your you know, obviously a tribute to your culinary teams, well, you're, you're like artists, right? Because when I see some of these things on the menu or when I see them in person, it's, I, I sort of think about like a, a musical symphony because you're bringing in so many different flavors and textures and they're beautiful to look at. You know, there's an artistry to, to how they're prepared as well. Yeah, and I mean, that's what you really need to have the whole team involved um, because once you start to do that and you have that culture of getting everyone involved, that's where you really create great menu items from little garnishes to simple executions. If you do that as, as executive chef, then you can kind of mold all that together into one great menu item and hopefully uh, you know, everyone will see that out there. Yeah. And again, it goes to the, the balancing of the new with guest favorites, you know, things that guests, obviously you can see, not just how much they're consuming, that they probably, you hear people talking about too. What are some of the things that you have brought back this year or that you find that guests continually are asking for? I think the big one, we got a lot of feedback last year about the Apfelstrudel in Germany, so we tried to do like a Berliner last year, a little fried donut, which is very traditional, but I think the Apfelstrudel is just, there's a deeper story to it. There's almost, guests have an emotional connection to some of those food items, and that's really for the returners who come to the festival year after year, they have an emotional connection to their food, and they remember, maybe they, they ask the wife to marry them over that food or that beverage, so there's a lot of people, a lot of opinions around it, and that's really where we have to always strike the fine balance, but I think we have a lot of truth on our hand if it's 
consumer research, if it's just numbers from the sales chart, okay, how, how did it do? And that's really very basic, a lot of our opinion. We, we don't like to mess around with our top 10 items. Why would we? <laughs> you know, it's, if it's not broken, don't, don't, don't mess around. You can still change the presentations a little bit or change run ingredients, make it better, but don't, don't change the whole thing. Because I think you're right. I think, this, I think Food Wine Festival is like a holiday to a lot of people. We're used to it. We want those same comfort foods year after year, and we sort of look forward to, to seeing like family and friends time and time again. Uh, gentlemen, I am excited for my culinary adventure that is about to begin on the promenade today. I want to thank you both as well as your teams. Um, adventure is out there, and that's where I'm going. Yes, and I look forward to uh, seeing you out there, <laughs> not only on the promenade, but in future world. <laughs> Napping after I'm done. <laughs> thank you very much. Great yeah, to see you. Appreciate it. Guys. Thanks. Hey, thank you. <laughs> said time and time again that fall at Walt Disney World really is the most wonderful time of year. And I know it's often said about the holiday season, but this to me is the holiday season because it's also the Epcot International Food and Wine Festival season. And, you know, it almost is like a holiday because it's something that I think many of us circle on our calendars and look forward to coming back to. And food is best enjoyed when you share it with family and friends. And that sometimes, I think, is how a lot of us feel when we come back. It's celebrating its 20th anniversary this year. And it's a wonderful combination of old favorites, like the things that when you go to Grandma's house, you look forward to seeing again, as well as dozens of new culinary treats. Uh, There is food. There is wine. There is beverages, both alcoholic and non, and really now something for the entire family. There's the festival center. There's concert series. There's educational series. Who am I kidding? I'm really just here for the food. And as I have done for so many years, we have done live walkabouts. Uh, We've done live reviews. We've talked about our favorites. I've done my top five things you need to, to try. And I think I'll do it again this year in a video. But this year, I was really excited as I was going through the Food and Wine Festival Passport, which you can get for free when you enter Epcot Center. And it really highlights not just all the things that you can try, but I was excited to see how many new things are on the menu. And I spoke with uh, the uh, executive manager, uh, Chef Jens, as well as the executive chef, Kevin, about that sort of balance of old and new. So I thought this year we'd do something a little bit different. We're going to wander World Showcase and future world because now it's sort of bled over with the chew lab and the chew experience into future world and talk about some of our uh some of the new things that you can find during this year's 20th annual epcot international food and wine festival as i said food is best enjoyed when it is shared with friends and today i am joined by two friends who i've known for a while one we just we met and we shared food last night um, and new friends to the show it's Judy Diley from the littlekitchen.net uh, Hey guys, how you doing? <laughs> Don't be shy. Sorry, this is sorry. you're such a food person like this is right you in your wheel. Julie Diley, you said Judy. I said Judy? Yeah. Well, whatever. Okay. Stupid Judy, stupid energy. Um, see, you make me nervous. I'm excited for food yes. with lovely ladies. You know, I'm really excited for the food too. And it sounds so cheesy, but it really is like Was that an intentional pun that it cheesy? Oh, no, yeah. Oh yeah, that was good cuz I actually was looking at the loaded mac and cheese. That's like my favorite this year. And I'm excited to try all the new stuff and just like kind of gorge myself. Kind of sad, right? 
And that's why I like you, because that's how you roll. And that's what we did last night, right? Yes. That's where I met you. You're Suzanne. Oh, my God, I just forgot your last name again. It's Vasic. Yes, it is. Yes, and you're Coco Kitchen. Coco Cooks. Coco Kitchen. Oh, gosh. All right, CocoCooks.com. Yes. And at Coco Cooks everywhere. Yes. Welcome. Thank you. Um, and so let's, wait, let's take a quick step back in time, because last night, speaking of engorging ourselves, the reason why we're all wearing stretchy pants today is because we tried the very first uh, rockin' burger block party at the festival center where within an hour's time we tried we sampled all 16 of the different burgers and many of the beverages as well what you guys think of that that was pretty amazing andrew zimmern was there and you interviewed him which was awesome and he was joking around saying there were 70 burgers it felt like we had 70 burgers <laughs> yeah we had um the first two were our favorites the uh it was a pb and j turkey burger and it had cheddar cheese and bacon on it, and I think that's what it was. It was the bacon and the peanut butter and jelly. I really, I was making fun of the turkey part because yeah. I thought this is a burger event. Why are we having turkey burgers? It feels too healthy, but it was amazing. And then the other one was the Asian yeah. cheeseburger with some amazing cheese on it, and it served with a kimchi slaw. It was out of this world. Wait, awesome. but then we were sort of making fun of, and we almost walked by the finger foods, and then we had the cheeseburger egg roll, which tasted like... A Big Mac. It was amazing. It was a Big Mac in an egg roll. I don't know how they did it. They're geniuses. And like fried Big Mac. Like, does it get any better or maybe worse for you than yeah. that? But that was uh, surprising. And so this is something new that they're trying this year. They're doing one event per month, uh, September, October, and, and November. I have a feeling this event is going to kill it and be back next year. And if you if you're listening to this, whether it's 2015 or sometime in the future, if this event is still going on, I highly recommend it. It's probably $90, $95, somewhere around there. But there was great entertainment, unlimited food, unlim- I mean, a wide variety of wines, paired liquors, uh, craft beers, non-alcoholic beverages. That was a really good time. Like, I had a blast. And it's air-conditioned, which, unlike today, it's, it's air-conditioned. Um, if they could only air-condition Epcot Center in the middle of September for food and wine, that would make it perfect. <laughs> so true. We were joking. But I was joking with you saying that we're going to be complaining about the heat. But we're, we're going to... A lot of great food with a side of heat, right? <laughs> <laughs> Last night we had the meat sweats. Today we're also going to have the meat sweats coupled with the regular sweats. But that's, listen, <laughs> the heat sweats and the meat sweats. I like. But listen, is there any place else on the planet that you'd rather be other than right out here right now? Like, it's a beautiful day. It is really the first weekend, so... In typical Epcot fashion, it's uh, it's relatively crowded, uh, and we'll continue to get that way. But what I think we're going to do is, as we've done in the past, we're going to wander through or by or into many of the different marketplaces, and we'll sample when we can some of the some of the new flavors. I actually got to sit uh, with Chef Kevin, who went through my passport and marked off all of the new items, as well as some returning favorites as well. And something new this year, you know, I said how. Uh, you know, wandering the promenade is normally how we do it, but now it's sort of bled over into uh, into Future World, and we're at the um, the Chew section, right? Based on the uh, the ABC television show The Chew, there's Sustainable Chew and the Chew Labs, both of which are located in between the Imagination Pavilion, and you can hear the uh, Intervention Plaza fountain behind us. And everything here is new, um, inspired by the Chew. So. For food at the Sustainable Chew, they've got pork spare ribs with red wine, fennel, and cheesy mascarpone cheese. Uh, grits, sorry. I say mascarpone that way, that's because that's how Giada says it. And <laughs> who doesn't love Giada? Uh, Rogat and zucchini ravioli with rustic tomato sauce, sustainably presented on um, Veritera dinnerware. 
vanilla panna cotta, and in the chew lab, there's an olive oil poached salmon with fresh corn, bacon, so it's good, and pepper jam, New York strip steak with parsnip, snil- parsnip silk, say it three times fast, balsamic glaze, arugula foam, and the, the you know the uh, the liquid nitro thing is the sort of the, the new hot trend. Liquid nitro chocolate almond truffle with warm whiskey caramel. What um, what out of any of those sort of makes your ears perk? I'm really interested in the ravioli with the rustic tomato sauce. And we tried the spare ribs just recently, and they are amazing. Yeah, it's so. using mascarpone grits. Mascarpone? Is that how you say it? Mascarpone. Got to Mar- add a lot of extra. Mascarpone <laughs> grits. Because anything cheesy with grits, I'm on board, so... Yeah, we had a chance to sample a few of the items just a little while ago. Uh, and so, what did you think about the? What you think about the spare ribs? I loved it. The meat was fall off the bone tender. The grits were really cheesy, and there was um, some dill that kind of really complemented it on top. So, what do you think? Um, if you had to pick one of the new things to try, what do you think we should try? The vanilla panna cotta. <laughs> and you want the ravioli? Yes. All right. So let's go to sustainable chew. And uh, we'll have to give them a, a sample. We're obviously armed with our uh, with our gift cards loaded up. It makes it so much easier when you've got your gift card or your magic band um, right on your wrist. It also saves time and from you having to fumble with credit cards. So do you guys come to Food & Wine every year? Yes, I come every year several times throughout the festival because there is so much to experience. There's no way you could do it all in one day. So if you have like a whole weekend to come and plan a trip or even during the week is even better because it's way less crowded, I would definitely recommend more than one day. Yeah, coming during the week is uh, is the secret in the key. Julie, are you a, a, an, an annual return visitor? Yeah, just the last few years ago was the, was the first time I came and now I'm going every year. And I think this year is going to be my husband's first year coming. So it'll be definitely an experience for him. You don't let him out of the house. Like like me, we don't let our spouses out to come with us that often when we're, quote, unquote, working. That's right. Well, I, we'll see. But. We, said we only bring them along to carry the bags and stuff. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> sure. Okay, so we, re- we just got our um, regatta and zucchini ravioli with rustic tomato sauce sustainably presented on this Veritera dinnerware. It's sort of like a bamboo-y type of dinnerware, but let's... Important, more importantly, get to the food. It is a uh, giant-sized ravioli. This is not like a Chef Boyardee ravioli in here. It's maybe softball-sized. Um, and this is a very sort of uh, traditional rustic Italian tomato sauce where you see the, the chunks of tomato, and I love seeing the onion. All right, enough talk. Let's start digging in. And ladies, let me, uh, let me just educate you very quickly. Um, if, you go, if you're shy, you go hungry. So don't no. wait for the formula. There you go. That's it, girls. Yeah, just dig right shy. in. Don't be shy around me. No. So look at that. You see it's a lot of... Uh, it's, a, it's a well-stuffed ravioli. A lot of regat and uh, zucchini. A lot of greens in there. It's like shredded zucchini, mm-hmm. looks like. Yeah, it is. Like matchstick, kind of. Looks good. Mind you, we all just took 15 minutes taking pictures of the food before we dug into it, but it's so hot out, it stays uh, it stays warm. Mm. <laughs> it's really fresh tasting and not too heavy. Like, you would think with the cheese, that it would be, like, really heavy. But I think the zucchini lightens it up a lot. And the pasta is, like, cooked perfect. Yeah, and, and to your point, I was afraid it, it might have been sort of a, a very heavy ravioli, and you eat one, you're like, ay, but it's not. Uh, it's very, it's very very light, and I don't normally like 
Um, I like my tomato sauce um, uh, a little bit thicker um, than this, but I really do like it because it is sort of a very, and that's the whole idea, again, with at the, the, the sustainable chew and the chew lab, very sort of fresher, lighter type food. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. I like the chunkiness of the tomatoes um, sauce too. Yeah, because there's vegetables in it, it's, it's healthy. So it's a health food. So the vanilla panna cotta, fresh figs, and the pistachio brittle. I'm digging that little pistachio brittle up there on top. we got to dig into this one relatively quickly because it's 137 degrees outside. So, ladies, I'm going to let you go first. It, I was just going to say, oh, it is. So is there like a fresh fig jam or something, it's too? That, it's that fig right on top. No, but look, there's a little jam. or yeah, this may be a fig flavor. Oh, yeah, that's what I was wondering. Just like take a little bite and taste. And it's in sort of a yeah, shot no, glass type, you yeah, know, maybe in a three-inch shot glass. Gelee layers are, are flavored with fig. Ooh, the so. gelee layers. Look at you. <laughs> you wouldn't have gotten that from me by myself. Well, I'm, a, I'm a food person. <laughs> Pistachio brittle. Um, I don't really like brittle, and that's really good. I just wish it was bigger, that's all. It was really good. Mmm. Ooh. Yeah. And and it's gluten-free. Mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting that. Um, I don't know why I was expecting something a little bit different in terms of consistency. Mm-hmm. It's very airy. Like, it's super, super light. It sort of disappears on your tongue. You can see, you can see the bits of vanilla bean in the panna cotta. It's the consistency of, like, ricotta. Ricotta. Yeah. Is that how you say it? How but Italians a very, say but it? But a very thin, light... And it's mm-hmm. sweet, but not overly sweet. Um, oh, I it's like nice. That. It's nice on a hot day like this because it's cold. It's not again, not too heavy. <laughs> yep, I recommend both of these. Yeah, that's a nice way to kick things off. Mm-hmm. I dig that. Yeah. And this is where we struggled last night. Like, do we finish it all? Because we've got a lot more to cover. Uh, one more taste is like, mm-hmm. it's, it's 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 all so about airy. <laughs> yeah, it's so airy. No, I'm gonna have more. Hmm. <laughs> so. I thought that little gelée, as you called it, was going to have more of like a thicker flan type consistency, uh-huh. and it doesn't. It just sort of, it sort of falls apart in your mouth. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. It's nice and fruity too. And in terms of of costs, I just, you know, I just swiped the card. I wasn't even paying attention. This was. I have misplaced my receipt. I don't know. <laughs> Let's see. The uh, menus right here. I have them all stuffed in my pocket here. Let's see. So the panna cotta was four twenty-five, and the ravioli was four seventy-five. So again, that was a pretty big ravioli for for that price. But I think uh, I think it's time to move on. This relationship is over. We're moving on from the ravioli, and uh, adventure is out there. And it, and I'm pointing to World Showcase. I love the sound of a rocketeer behind us. All right, let's move on, ladies. One thing we forgot to mention, too, is we had a chance to sample um, a couple of different beverages uh, from the uh, Sustainable Chew. They had a frozen chew teeny featuring a crop organic Meyer lemon vodka. And the Chew Lab had a smoking hibiscus featuring Montalobos Mezcal Hoven. I'm sure I pronounced that wrong. Um, the smoking hibiscus, you know, it's like a little work of art. Um, it comes in sort of a brandy snifter type glass. And it's, um, it's sort of, it literally is smoking. They use, again, this that liquid nitrogen and a frozen um, hibiscus flower in there. That was, it had a really nice flavor. Uh, it was very milky. It definitely, I mean, yeah, it definitely had a milky consistency to it. 
but I tried the uh, the frozen chutini. Also, it had a little bit of um, like a dried apple on top. That one I liked a lot yeah, with the tart, lemon vodka. But sweet and not too sweet. Um, and again, they're both frozen, so they're great on hot days like this. And I think that's a nice pairing with the uh, with the ravioli too. You talk about something that's very fresh mm-hmm. and light. I also tried the frozen hibiscus drink and uh the thing if you don't like mezcal if you don't like that really smoky flavor you might not dig the drink but i liked it it kind of mellowed out a little bit um so but it it definitely hits you with some smoke yeah i liked uh, a couple of sips of it but i don't know that that's what i would have had um with it but again that was that was paired with the salmon or the uh the new york strip and i heard amazing things about the uh the chocolate almond truffle with the caramel i had that earlier um they dip some chocolate mousse in liquid nitrogen to flash freeze it and then they crack it open and add um the almond truffle or the almond crumbles and some whiskey caramel it was really good really really good top notch it's perfect for a day like this definitely I'm so happy that food and wine goes on for like 76 days because now you have reasons and things to come back to. All right, moving on. So as we're walking uh, on the bridge from Future World into World Showcase, the planners on either side as you cross over the, the, the little lagoon here, there, there's a new addition uh, where they have images of not just the festival kiosks but from the, some of the food favorites and taking you through... The, uh, the highlights of the past 20 years. So this is the one we're sitting in front of. It's from 2001 to 2005. They've got five different kiosks and five different food items. I think that is a huge attractor. We see it also for the first time in the festival guidebook as well. There are color photos of some of the food. I think that is a thing that people go, hey, wait, that's what Kefta looks like? We need to go and try that. Um, yeah, really, really smart. And it's a nice addition, too. Um, letting people know it's also 20 years. On the opposite side, you see um, some of the old logos and, and looks like tickets from past festival years as well. You hear the monorail pass by there? <laughs> Timing is everything. Yes. Um, it is a very cool marketplace. The- yeah, I just love the, uh, love the design. It's sort yeah, of a, yeah. So as we walk into World Showcase from Future World, normally I go left. This time I decided to go right. I think we were sort of attracted a little bit by the, uh, the Scottish marketplace and the designs of that old rustic castle. Uh, there was a couple other things. Actually, too, there's little, there's little um, props in the um, in sort of the planter areas, which are nice. Uh, after that, so the line for Scotland was very, very long. I think the, um, I guess the haggis with neeps and tatties must be the new hot food item uh, this year. Although as we walk to Hawaii, uh, the, the line is equally as long for the Kahlua pork sliders and tuna poke. Those are two uh, return favorites of mine, but we're going to really try and concentrate on the new stuff this year. Have you guys been, have you guys tried the, um, in the past, the, the Kahlua pork sliders or tuna poke? I have had both, um, and they're both amazing. I've actually bought the recipe books every year that they put out for the Food and Wine Festival, and I've made the Kahlua pork sliders, and they are wonderful to make at home as well. See, that's why I like you guys, and I wanted you to come along, because you are true foodies, because I just know how to eat the food, but you guys actually go home, and you make it, and then photograph it. Can I just say, we just walked by the desserts and champagne, <laughs> and there's a frozen s'more. Oh, yeah. Julie, you cannot get desserts until you eat your haggis. You need to finish your haggis first. <laughs> I just told, I just, off, off, I want to say off camera, but off, 
off sound, I said, I'm not trying the haggis. But you know what? I'm a foodie. I have to try at least one bite of everything. So I'm going to try it. Take one for the team. We'll see. Yeah, we're going to come back. I think we should come back and try the haggis just because we have to. So just past the desserts and champagne, um, and we're going to try and come back to it because there's a lot new. Actually, almost everything is new. The, uh, the Belgian chocolate seashell truffles are a return item, but the chocolate cherry explosion, the strawberry basil champagne toast, the orange blossom brewery toasted coconut porter float with caramel ice cream, OMG, and the cream soda float with caramel ice cream. What the what? I, oh my, I have to go. Those are all brand new this year. We'll come back after we have a little, um, I'm more of a savory than a sweet guy. But the Dominican Republic um, is new slash back. Um, I think it was introduced in 2007, but it's back again this year. Um, there's a lechon, lechon asado, a roasted pork with mango, pickled red onions, and avocado. But we actually had a chance to try... The uh, souffle de yuca, the yuca souffle with with grilled cheese. Did you get you, you had a try? I got to try that souffle. It was good. Yuca is a root, kind of similar to a potato, a little bit. Um, I like the souffle, and I really like that kind of salty cheese that was on top. That was nice. Did you get a chance? Did you try? It? I didn't get to try it. Oh, and yeah. I love grilled cheese. I love grilled cheese. <laughs> oh my Not God, like who does sandwich? But like cheese that you can't eat unless you cook it. It's so good. So and good. you're right. And I and I like it. I'm a savory person, so. It's not a, a very deep, flavorful kind of dish, but it, but I did like the simplicity and the saltiness of it and the richness of the creaminess of the cheese. Like, I like that one. Actually, I like that one a lot. It was, it was really good. And the cheese isn't the kind of cheese that melts. It holds its shape after you cook it. Yeah, it's a, it's a very um, sort of, like you said, that, that eucalyptus, it's like very dense. It doesn't have a lot of, like, exploding flavors to it. But I think the saltiness and the cheesiness, like, that's all good right there. Yes, I agree. Uh, what I wanted to do, though, is I wanted to go past Dominican Republic uh, and go around. There's the, the walkway in between World Showcase and Future World that takes you over to the, um, uh, by the Imagination Pavilion is normally, especially during, like, Flower and Garden, Food and Wine, this is normally an area where they showcase um, a lot of the different plantings and flowers and during food and wine festival is often a play area for kids. Well, they've turned the play area for kids into a play area for adults um, because now it is a, uh, it's a brand new, very, very large wine and cheese studio. These are, uh, these are brand new, uh, again, for this year, sort of off the beaten path. Um, you kind of have to go walk over and look for them. And the cheese studio has a trio of artisan cheeses as well as a sweet goat cheese panna cotta with guava gelée. I just learned that word today. Uh, and a return favorite is the cheese fondue with sourdough bread. Come on. And over at the wine studio, they also there have a, a trio of um, artisan cheeses and then probably eight or nine different samplings of wine as well. Uh, are you, like, I'm a cheese guy. Like, I love, and I've really come, as I've gotten older, much older, uh, learned to appreciate um, the different types of cheeses. And, and one of the best meals I ever had was at Remy, the French restaurant on the Disney Fantasy. And for dessert, they brought out this huge, I mean, there was 12, 13 different cheeses, not as something that normally we in the U.S. has an appetizer, but they had as desserts. Yeah, that's a European thing. Um, to bring out a little cheese course right before dessert. And I don't know if, I think maybe that is normally usually their dessert. Um, 
But yeah, talking about cheese and how much you love it, I love it probably even more. I actually have this um, nightmare scenario where if I ever become allergic to cheese or dairy, <laughs> that I will, um, I don't know what over. I'll do. It's, it's all over. over. <laughs> yeah. Can't That's why I don't go to the doctor. I don't want to know if there's anything wrong. I'm just going to keep living my life in, a, in complete ignorance. But I've also come to learn and appreciate. I, I am not a wine snob. I mean, I don't know a lot about wines, but I've come to appreciate the importance of a good pairing of wine and cheese and how it completely changes the flavor. So I think this is another one of those places that it's a very good sort of educational opportunity. I agree. Wine and cheese are a classic combination. And you're right, uh, certain wines and cheeses, when they go together, really bring out the flavors of each uh, individual item. And I love what they did out I was here. Say, the decor here. I mean, it, I wanted this. I want the, these decorations. And I don't even know those are called these. Um, like a trellis. Yeah, yeah big yeah. trellis. But they're like really big. Here. It's not like a 1D like trellis, though. It's like a really, like there's three big ones with lights on them. There's this beautiful display of upside down recycled wine glasses and wine bottles. I'm sorry. And um, really, really well done. Really, really pretty here. Tables for people to put their glasses down and drink. They look like countertop tables. Look at them. Yeah, there's lots of counters. There's lots of individual tables. There's also like plantings of grapes and things. And there's uh, there's a display. We can let's take a quick walk back of it. And that's exactly sort of the sense that you get. And here is a display with red and white showing you the different colors of red and white wines from the clears to the yellows and golds of the whites and the pinks and the salmons and the ruby and then understanding you know the difference between a a, a pinot and a zinfandel which you know many people go to a restaurant and they see all those things and they don't know it's a it's a very simple um, but i think important kind of educational opportunity giving you the basics of of wines and, and pairing them with cheeses yeah, I like this chart. They have uh, colors of all the different types of wines, and they tell you, show you like exactly how dark they should look, and it goes from lightest all the way to the deepest purple. And you're right. I would love, like, I would love to come back here. My favorite time at Walt Disney World is at dusk. Like, imagine it's a little bit cooler, maybe like 50 degrees cooler, <laughs> and coming coming out here at dusk with some friends or a spouse or a loved one or whatever it may be. And getting some wine and cheese and just standing at one of these tables and like there's music. Oh, like this is nice. Like this is a nice evening right here. Yeah, I wish my backyard looked like this. (laughs) Filled with people and... and (laughs) Yes, and I would take these trellises and just put them in my backyard too as well. Yeah, like the exposed wire light bulbs and stuff hanging down. I mean, obviously we're doing this in the middle of the afternoon. But I would, and I will, I, I want to come back here um, one evening. I think this is a really, really, really nice, nice addition to, uh, to the promenade and to the, to the festival. Yeah, I do agree. I, I miss the, the kids' area because I have a six-year-old son, but this will be a really nice place for people to hang out. Can we talk about the cronut? Yeah, uh, how, how can we not? <laughs> like, like, how can you not can we, talk can about we the have cronut? three of them? So I always get it with ice cream, vanilla ice cream on top. I love it. And what I love about the Krona is I can get it. They they do promote it as part of the festival, but you can get it year-round here at the refreshment port right up front. So you load up on your dessert and then go around the world and eat and drink. I never even thought about, like, having it with ice cream. Like, I just have it, like, au natural. You can get it with chocolate ice cream, too. Or swirled. Yep. Or swirled chocolate vanilla. I never thought about that. Um, but the refreshment port here, in addition to the Krona, also has special festival offerings. I remember last year they had a uh, sort of a pineapple lanai marketplace kiosk. A lot of those things are in here now. So they have um, they've got you know some fried chicken bites and things like that. But they do have 
the Dole Whip with or without rum, and they also have the uh, Dragonberry um, slushy. But as we were walking in, we were commenting. We, we saw it as we were by Scotland. You can see it, uh, Dominican Republic, even Greece. I mean, the, the design and the architecture of the kiosks has gotten so much grander, much more detailed. Remember, look, years ago when Food and Wine Festival first started, I mean, they were basically, you know, lean-tos that were sort of put together very quickly. But now, I mean, they really sort of reflect the, uh, the area and the culture. I mean, even, even down to the font on the sign. I mean, I notice fonts because I'm a total font nerd, but, I mean, it's really cool. It's really cool. And even there's, like we said, there, there's props that are in, you know, the plantings and in sort of the, um, the, the grassy areas, which I like a lot. And each, um, each outdoor kitchen usually has plants within the area that are used in the dishes that they serve. Yeah, and so Greece is a, uh, is a returning favorite. There's nothing new this year, although they did bring back the Greek salad in a cone. That was one of those things that was off the menu for a few years. They brought back, um, you know, oftentimes due to guests, uh, you know, mentioning how much they enjoy them. Although I have to say, I do like... Um, a little, a, a, a little chicken hero with tzatziki sauce. That is, smells amazing. Yeah, no, my God. <laughs> Can we come back and get a Dole Whip later? Yes, if you eat, if you eat all of your food, you can, you can come back. You know um, when I go to Magic Kingdom, I always have to have a Dole Whip. I always have to have a Dole Whip. Have you had a citrus swirl yet? I have. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, yeah. The citrus swirl? No, I haven't because I'm Stop. partial. I'm partial to. Okay, so. I, I'm sad that they changed it. I'm sad because you used to be able to swirl the pineapple, right. the pineapple soft serve with the vanilla, but now you have to go get the citrus swirl. But I really love a Magic Kingdom that I know we're not talking about Magic Kingdom today, but I love having it over the pineapple juice. So having the Dole Whip float, right, that's right. my favorite. So you have to either get the citrus swirl in what is it, Adventure? No, Tiki. So they moved Sunshine Tree Terrace. Yeah. They sort of switched locations now. Yeah. But I like the citrus swirl because it's like breakfast in a cup. The little orange, you go. But I like that it melts into the pineapple juice. I love that. And then you can just finish by drinking it. I will tell you that the other day I was introduced to a brand. They have a pina colada slushy. Oh, where? At Sunshine? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, shoot. On a day like today, that's yes. nice. Um, so we're walking by Canada. Again, always one of the most popular uh, kiosks and pavilions. Nothing new this year, but they did bring back, and I like this a lot, the chicken sausage with the creamy polenta and the onion jam. I had that a few years ago, and I know everybody sort of comes for the, come for the cheese soup, stay for the chicken sausage, because it's, um, it's really spicy, and I like that. I like the fact that there's a few things on this menu that are really sort of make you sort of extend the limits of, you know, what you might normally want to try. And that's the thing about, that's nice about food and wine. This is the place you get to come to really give yourself a chance to be a little adventurous. I totally agree. I well, totally agree. I like the chicken sausage because it was a decent-sized sausage. Yeah. I mean, you got a lot of you know food for the amount that you paid. Yeah, and it's four fifty, so I think it was a uh, I think it was a good value too. So we have made our way uh, past the international gateway into France, and this year. Uh, something old is new again. And the reason why we stopped here is in the past, uh, a lot of people would come to France. I think this is one of these places, guys, that uh, people would go outside their comfort zone because you'd see escargot on the menu and almost sort of as a goof or a joke, or, okay, hey, maybe I'll try it. They would try the escargot. I remember the first time we did it years ago because we literally were trying everything on the menu. And we were so surprised at just how good 
they were. And the way they used to be served was in like a little tray with I think three or five little bits of escargot just stewing in garlic and butter. And as we were walking here, the first thing you guys said was you can smell the garlic. What's new is that this year it's a croissant uh, escargot. It's an escargot croissant with garlic and parsley and same thing. You could smell it as soon as you came in. And Julie, you were cutting it because we have to share. And the first thing you said was you were surprised at how soft it was. Yeah, because usually, you know, inside a croissant, it's soft and buttery, but the outside's usually a little crispy. And I thought, looking at it, it looked like it's nice and brown buttery. I thought it was going to be crispy, but it's super soft looking. Um, It's got the garlic, garlic and parsley. It looks like garlic scape on the top. I mean, it looks like it's just like spread full of garlic. It's amazing. Well, I noticed I love the color, right, because you get sort of all the, the variations from the light and that just a little bit of the crisp and the crunch on the end. Like, I am just excited to dig in because you could, like you said, it's oozing butter. So I think um, we should just, we need to talk less. Guys, you ladies first. You guys pick your pieces. Good, because I was on this guy right here. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Buttery. And that garlic parsley on top is perfect. It actually cuts through some of the butter, the buttery richness of. Yeah, and you still get the flakiness from the croissant, and it's very nicely brown. So, like you said, just vibrant colors. It's great. And for people who think escargot is something scary, you, I mean, there's there's not a lot to it. It's almost like a, a really soft little mushroom. Like there's nothing fishy or gamey or off-putting about the escargot at all. And if you think the texture might be a little bit odd, the croissant really helps kind of mask that. Yeah, I mean, it almost gets, and I say gets lost in there um, because of the the garlic and the butter and the croissant. You know, we were saying before, I was saying that France is always my favorite marketplace to come to at Food & Wine. And again, I think this year it is. And let's see, let's see if it can keep uh, it keep that standing because something new this year is a creme brulee vanilla mm-hmm. chocolat uh, topped with caramelized sugar. So it's now a, a chocolate and vanilla creme brulee. It's in a maybe baseball-sized ramekin. And I love when you see creme brulee and they just sort of, there's a hint of burnt on the caramelization on top. Um, I don't think we need to be formal. I think we just need to dig right in. Wait, wait, you got to listen for that crack, the first one. Ready? <laughs> it's hard wow. with a plastic That's a nice little... plastic spoon. It's better with a metal spoon, but when you get that first crack, when you uh, break through that caramelized sugar, that's a very, very satisfying sound. Yeah, but look, there's a nice, like, thick layer of, uh, of caramelization. Uh, Julie doesn't... I'm vanilla and chocolate. Vanilla and chocolate. You guys want a bite? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I heard it. Oh, look at that. Oh, oh my, God. my God. Look at that. Look at, Wait a minute. It looks like oh. a s'more almost. Yes. Yeah. It is. Mm. Mm. Really creamy. I'm not normally a, um, I am not normally a, a creme brulee person. I'm more of a, a savory than I am a sweet. But that's really nice, and it's not. Um, Super sweet, right? It's and it's not heavy. I expect yeah. it to be much heavier than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like I said, especially on these hot days, light desserts are really good. And that uh, little bit of caramelized sugar—that's a nice little pick-me-up to get you through yeah. the rest of the promenade. Yeah. And I like the nice little mix of vanilla and chocolate. I'm gonna get a little. I'm gonna dig down deep in there. Look at that. Oh, this should be a video, right? Yeah. Look at that. You want some? It looks, it's like, looks like a s'more almost. Mmm. Mmm. Yeah. 
That's good. Oh, merci, blah, blah. That's, I like that. Merci, blah, blah. So moving past uh, France, we are coming to two of the very, very popular ones, which is Brazil and Belgium. And we almost decided to walk by Brazil because the line was so long. And again, understanding that it is the first day, it's the first Saturday. But this is probably the longest line that we've seen. And it's interesting because we looked at the menu, we talked about some of the things we sampled today, and we're like, you know what? It's worth getting on it. What do you think is on this Brazil menu that has this line so long? It's the cheese bread and probably the pork belly, like the Suzanne's about to say. But the cheese bread, because a lot of people love Brazilian steakhouses. Brazil is like a big tourism like a lot of Brazilians come to Disney and it's, it's such a popular thing and it's such a great idea to have a Brazilian marketplace here so I'm not surprised it's really popular so tell me again because I don't think I've ever had this Brazilian cheese bread which is gluten free Pio de Queijo I probably just butchered that language so <laughs> forgive me don't laugh at me I'm trying <laughs> sorry uh I was going to speak about the pork belly because I had that last year and it was amazing. It was like really well seared. Fat was rendered down nicely. Oh, yeah. And yeah, yeah. it came with some black beans and like a little tomato salsa. It was a hearty dish, too. I mean, like you could fill up on just that. Pork belly is like super bacon. Like yeah. it's yeah. it's even bacon more awesome. But this, um, what is it about the, the, the cheese bread? Like, is it, you know, I, I'm sure it's not like, you know, breadsticks at Olive Garden. Well, I haven't had the one here, so this is going to be kind of cool. But they're like just little puffs of cheese bread. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're poofy. They're like little little balls. So it'll be interesting to see what it's like here. And there is a, a new item on the menu as well. As long as we're talking about what's new at uh, Food and Wine, Escon de the little hidden one, a layered meat pie with mashed yuca. Now, you guys, you sampled that earlier today. Yeah, we sampled it earlier at the little preview, and it was really, really good. The, ma- the mashed yucca, yucca, just like Suzanne said earlier, reminds you of, like, mashed potatoes. So I think I'm going to get it because I like meat and some yucca, but you said it's almost like a Brazilian shepherd's pie? I thought it tasted very similar to a shepherd's pie. It could have just been that ground meat and potato combination. Um, so if you like shepherd's pie, I think you'll really like it. And so, you know, let's talk about... I, I talk about... Food and wine being an opportunity to get a little adventurous. But there's nothing really that I think should scare people. I mean, nothing that's exceptionally spicy, nothing that is gamey, nothing that I think would offend, a, you know, a simple American palate. Do you guys agree or do you think that there are things that sometimes, you know, are, are just spicy enough to make them exciting? Um, you know, and I don't spicy as in hot or spicy as in a lot of spices and different. Um, someone was saying, I actually mentioned the in China they have a... Um, I think it's a duck. Yeah, it's a duck breast on a steamed bun and with hoisin sauce. And someone goes, "Oh, that might be too adventurous for an American palate." And I was like, "Oh, I don't know about that," because I think a lot of Americans eat duck. But it's something. What I really love about Food and Wine Festival is that you know, even if you're not sure, it's only going to cost you a few bucks to try it, and you could try it if you really, really like it. Then maybe you can explore the restaurants in Epcot in that country a little bit more and try more of the flavors if you like the spices. That's what's really cool about it is you could really try yeah. the spicy, the spicier, try something totally different, something out of your comfort zone. Maybe get a dish to share with a friend. I always do food and wine with friends. I've done it many years with Suzanne and, and other food blogger friends. 
and we all, like five or six of us, take a bite out of one plate. And actually, after you go through a few countries, you're actually really full. Yeah. yeah. But then you also know, hey, that when I come back, um, when you come back, thank you, <laughs> when you come back, um, you know some of the things that you want to not share and just have on your own. Yes, there are definitely some dishes that I am getting that all for myself, and I don't want to share it with anybody. <laughs> Yeah. One of those dishes is the filet mignon in Canada, which we didn't really talk about, but it is one of my favorites. It's a little bit more expensive than the average cost, but it comes with this truffle butter that is just amazing. And speaking of something that I won't share with anyone, in Patagonia is the grilled beef skewer with the chimichurri sauce. Suzanne knows I love that. It's I love chimichurri, anything. Usually make a grilled flank steak with chimichurri butter at home. So chimichurri... Yeah. goes on top of everything. You could, maybe you could put it on ice cream, too. I don't know. <laughs> and I you know I like it, too, because it's such a unique flavor. You know, it's unlike anything else. And I actually like getting that and the empanada. Yeah. And that's a nice afternoon like right the there. Empanada too. I know will get the empanada all to themselves. So that one's a great one, too. What are you going to get? What are you going to get? Uh, McCoy, we'll, uh, yes. Yes. Uh, we'll go with the... Um, Meat pie, the pork belly, the cheese bread, and the coconut candy, please. And a bottle of wine. <laughs> Listen, it. if you're going to do it, do it right. Yes, we're going to do all of it. So as we picked up our food, the smell that was coming out, I can see what... It's like an olfactory weenie. Like, it's a thing that draws you in. And, Julia, you're, you're portioning up the cheese bread. That looks so... Good. She's going, maybe we should have gotten two instead, even though we got one of everything. Yeah, because uh, it comes with two, and there's three of us. So we have to fight for the last piece. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's we all looked so- at each As soon as you said that, we all looked at each other like, all right, who's getting? Who's yeah. not getting the extra one? No, it's it's so cheesy. It's so oozy. And, mm. Listen, we're all friends here. Put the, put the fork and spoon down. Just break them apart using oh, your fingers. We're all... No, I, I'm, like, all about portioning it out super even. I'm going to cut it in half, both of them, and then I'm going to cut it in the, thir- the fourth piece into three. No, just don't oh. worry. My dad always said, whoever cuts, the other guy chooses. Oh. So you, choo- you split, I choose first. Okay. But it doesn't matter because they're all pretty even. And so this is the, I should have asked how to pronounce it, Pio de Cajillo? I don't know. Forgive me. It's Brazilian cheese bread, and they're maybe about the size, a little larger, say, than golf balls. Yeah, they're bigger than the ones that I'm used to at, like, a Brazilian steakhouse. Um, are smaller? Yeah, they're it's smaller. All right, you got to stop. Oh, you're killing me. No, I got to just eat one. I have it. to. Take it. Oh, and they just came out, too. They're real. Yeah. Oh, wow, they're really warm. I saw them take it off the baking sheet and put it into the little tray for them to serve it. Oh, yeah. It's almost like I should have had, like, uh, I should have filmed that. Real mm, and as, as if it couldn't get any perfect, it just got overcast. We're getting a nice breeze. It'll yes. cool down. I hope that doesn't mean mm. it's rain. Very cheesy. Very cheesy. Oh, man. We just lost our napkin. But so, we're happy for the breeze. What, um, what kind of cheese do you like? What kind of cheese do you think that is or analogize it to a, a common cheese? I don't know. When I started looking up recipes, because after I had it the first time at a restaurant, I was looking around, and some people use provolone in the middle. Um, I can see that. It tastes a little bit actually like American cheese, so it may be a mixture. I would say it tastes like American, but it's it's very 
it almost seems a lot creamier. Mm-hmm. And a lot, maybe I should have one more piece because I'm just really not sure. You should have three more pieces. I should have three more. I say I like the. Hmm. <laughs> See, I, I, I think this is in my top five for this year. Top five favorites. That, and I'm all about the finger. Get. And I'm a finger food kind of guy. Like the fact you can just pick these up. Hmm. Hmm. Oh. And crunchy, but it's not. Um, it's not oily. Like it's not. It's not very heavy or greasy. And it's gluten free too. Yeah. Dare I say it's the perfect food for everyone? Yeah. <laughs> Unless you don't like cheese. It's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, you're right. I think that. Um, that, that hops up very quickly. All right, so we, this is the um, the crispy pork belly. We had to get them all because we were raving about how good it was last year. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. Oh, and I love black beans. So good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's really crispy. Really crispy. And you don't really need a knife to eat it. It's so tender. But it's it's crispy on the outside, but it's real like they really sort of locked in all the juices because it's very very moist. It's a really meaty pork belly. It's like the meatiest pork belly I've ever had, actually. I think. But it's just fatty enough to yeah. give you that little bit of the sweetness too. And I love 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 uh, the black beans. I just got the cilantro and the black beans. These are really good black beans. Yeah. And that's a, a hearty portion too. Like that's a like mm-hmm. almost like a meal sized portion. You get a lot of food in there. Mm-hmm. And how much did it cost? Do you remember? I don't know, but um, we ordered everything on the menu and a water, and it was $18. So, if I, let's see, nobody said there'd be math. Uh, what is it, $4-ish or so each night? Well, maybe a little bit because of the water. But that's a lot of food for $18. Mm-hmm. These are, t- wow. I'm going to go back to the black bean. I'm going to hit these black beans again. Hmm. And what even makes this more romantic is that we're eating it on top of a garbage can because that's how we roll. Look, nobody wants you guys are being oh, so no. elegant and dainty. I'm like, a, oh I'm no, I couldn't touch it. that. Good. I'm pointing at it. There's one last piece of cheese bread. I'm like, who's gonna get it? I'm are we? Saving, I'm saving space because I know there's space? more food coming up. No, Aww. you guys just know whoever grabs that to be like, I can't believe Lou grabbed the last piece of <laughs> no. cheese bread. What kind of host is no, he? That's what we're gonna do. Now I'm gonna cut it in half because <laughs> Suzanne said she doesn't want it, so I'm gonna split it with Lou. It is that good, you guys. It is so good. Yeah, that is really... Oh, just stop it, Julia. Yeah, you're killing me. Just give me this. Oh, there you go. Oh. Mm. Mm-hmm. Circle that one on your uh, yeah. on your passport. It, it used to be that if you needed... If you wanted something gluten-free, you had special dietary needs, they would accommodate. You could talk to the chef. Yeah. They would make something special. In later years, in the last few years, they started to have a you know vegan and gluten free kiosks where you'd go. I, I, I was a Terra or, or Terra, and the tricky chicky or whatever they called it. I was like, wow, like not I'm ready to convert. But I'm like, that was really good. But now there's a, a gluten free item. Yes, that's really good because there are so many people who come here who have those kind of food allergies and food restrictions. So it's great that they have so many options. And I think it's good for people who are not going to gluten-free because normally like, oh, I don't want to try anything. It's not going to taste good. I, you know, I, I probably won't like it. Now we're trying to go, oh, wait, this is delicious and it's gluten-free. So we're probably trying things that we wouldn't have before. Ladies, I'm going to, I need to dig into this. Uh, it's called a little hidden one, a layered meat pie, which the mash, you can, and it, it does look like 
a shepherd's pie. It looks like it has the potatoes on top and the meat inside. Sorry, no, I'm getting okay. my uh, my gift okay. card in your in your food here. So I like that. Um, there's a because it's not like a regular shepherd's pie that you get at um, the UK Pavilion. Mm. Mm. The flavor of the meat is very different. There's some other type of spice in there. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, I, for lack of a better term, I would almost, I would almost sort of compare it to like a, a taco style meat as opposed to the, the meat that you'd get like in a shepherd's pie. Yeah, that's true. It looks like there may be some kind of a tomato product in there, giving it kind of a reddish tint. I got oh. some beans. I got. Okay. I thought I got some beans in there too. All right, let's move on quickly to dessert because we have a lot more to cover today. So this is this Brazilian candy. It's sort of like a, it looks like a little snowball. Looks kind of like a haystack. It's like a haystack of coconut. Is it very sweet? Mm-hmm. It's very sweet. It tastes like coconut and sugar. And it, but I love coconut. Um, I do too. Like, I would like that and a little cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, I'm seeing a big line here for Belgium. Gee, I wonder why. Belgium is one of the most popular booths. It's one of the most popular booths ever since it first started, like, about three or four years ago. Just, I've seen them. They have four waffle makers going at all times, yeah. and they're just cranking out those waffles. And we had it before. They're so good. Look, I cannot get away from the Belgian waffle with berry compote and whipped cream, mm-hmm. um, which is vegetarian. But they also have one with the warm chocolate ganache and whipped cream. And this is one I think throws people off. They have a potato and leek waffle with beer braised beef and smoked gouda cream. It sounds like it shouldn't be a good combination of sweet and savory, but it absolutely works. And, and that's that I think is one of the hidden gems in the menu because I think we all go for the berry waffle, and I think you, people forget or overlook that one. Yeah, it, actually, potato leek waffle is one of my favorites of the festival too. It's not it's not a sweet dish at all. The waffle is very savory, and it's like a really hearty beef stew on a waffle. I've actually made this as well from the recipe book, and it's amazing. Wow. I need to come over to your guys' houses. Um, and you know what else they have here, too, that I like? You get your waffle, and they have a chilled coffee with the Godiva chocolate liqueur. Like, that's a nice little dessert right there. I'm, yeah. like, I'm hugging them, like, the menu. I was like, yeah, I like that a lot. And that's the thing, like, especially as a local, it, we don't need to come here for a full meal. We're like, let's just go have dessert. Let's go get a waffle yeah. and a coffee, watch Illuminations, or just watch the people drink around the world, whatever it may be. Um, yeah, we. I'm, we're, I feel very fortunate that we're locals. Yeah. So if you're visiting from out of Florida or from far away, I definitely recommend coming for a few days. One day is not going to do it for yeah. you. You know, um, you're going to want to spend a few days here. Yeah, trying to do it all in one day, bad idea. Uh, as somebody who has eaten at all the kiosks uh, for a couple of years, it, it does not end well. And uh, you don't enjoy it as much. You know, this should be sort of a relaxing few days. It's like coming down for the Christmas, you know, holiday season. You should spend a few days in the parks. I think you should spend a couple of days at Food and Wine. Uh, but not us. We are intrepid travelers, so we are going to um, grab our forks and, uh, and move down the promenade. Anyone want any more of these? And as always, the uh, American Adventure Hops and Barley Pavilion is hopping, not just because, and I love being able to walk the promenade, the American music, music machine, the acapella group is, is in the background. While there's nothing new this year, I will tell you that I'll be back over and over 
and over again uh, for a number of different items that are there. But the lobster roll is one of those old favorites that was back. And I remember a couple years ago when it was here, I was really pleasantly surprised at just how big of, of a chunk of lobster you got um, for it. But people are already lining up for uh, the concert tonight. And that's another thing that's nice, too, about Food and Wine Festival is, you know, you sort of take your time wandering throughout the day, and then you get some entertainment at night. Wait, what is this? <laughs> We're at the, um, the Joffrey's Espresso Coffee and Pastries. There's a passport specialty beverage, the Frozen Strawberry Lemon Sunset. Frozen strawberry and lemon topped with Grey Goose vodka. So it's healthy because it's fruit. It's strawberry and lemon, right? It's like, a, it's like a fruit drink. And the fact that it has a little bit of Grey Goose on top just uh, adds a nice little bit of punch to it. And it's nice. two-toned, so you get two It's a pretty points. drink, too. It's it is very one. pretty. And it is outside the American Garden Theater. And that's the thing, too. A lot of these little kiosks have sort of specialty things. We were I wonder as, if they do a non-alcoholic version of that, because that looks... So I'm, sure you can right get the, the I'm sure you can get the frozen strawberry and lemon. Uh, Fife and Drum has an ice cream sundae with Ghirardelli chocolate sauce. And, yeah, this is the American Adventure coffee cart. And it's in the book, so you can actually get a stamp here. Oh, cool. Should we stop thinking, and get one? I'm thinking about getting one. You looked at me person. with the eyes of like a seven-year-old like daughter. Like, do oh. you think maybe, Dad, we can oh, stop and get one of these? Because I'm kind of dying. Yeah. They also have some fall-themed drinks in the middle. Oh, a harvest latte, latte, a pumpkin pie latte, and a hot apple cider tea. That's going to be delicious in like November, December. Not, not today. So we just made our way past uh, and through, really, Italy, Poland, and Germany, kind of the big three for a lot of people. But there's nothing really new in any of those. In Italy, they have the, uh, the ravioli a caprese, the, uh, the basically chicken marsala, and a, cano- a chocolate-covered cannoli, which we said we may need to go back for. Poland, once again, has the kielbasa and potato pierogies, which are phenomenal, and the sauerkraut pierogies with pork goulash. I do love me a good pierogi. Um, I do too. I make and just, my own pierogies. You make your own pierogies? I make my own pierogies. When are we coming over? Christmas Eve. It's a Polish oh, tradition, so I'm busy I'm kinda, I, I grew kinda up in a Polish household, so really? I make my own pierogies for Christmas Eve. Wow. Do you like with the onions? Yeah. And, oh. Onions, butter. We usually have a sauerkraut filling. Can we do like a pre-Christmas like? <laughs> There'll be leftovers, so after Christmas, right. you're welcome to come All over. Right. I'll be, I come over after Christmas. And Germany has the uh, the pasta gratin with ham and cheese. The bratwurst in a pretzel roll. Anything, anything is good in a pretzel roll. And there's nothing new, but uh, something old is new again. The apple strudel with vanilla sauce is back. And according to Chef, by very popular demand, the uh, the apple strudel has returned. Africa at the outpost has that uh, Berber-style tenderloin tips with onions, jalapeno, tomato, and pop, which is very, very good. And something new this year is butter chicken with micro cilantro and non bread. Now, we didn't try it, but I wonder how similar this, that might be to something that you can find either at Sanaa or even, believe it or not, at Art of Animation, which has one of the best food courts anywhere. They have a phenomenal um, butter chicken with non bread there. And we were concerned when we came to South Korea, they had the uh, bulgogi barbecue short ribs uh, with, this, with the kimchi, which is back. That left for a year or so. Roasted pork lettuce wraps with kimchi slaw. And the vegan, this one's vegan, Korean barbecue with steamed rice and cucumber kimchi. But we were like, OMG, where's the spicy hot dog? It's at, they've actually moved it here to the refreshment cool post. So that is 
the section of the outpost where you can get the frozen Cokes, that's where you can find the spicy hot dog, as well as the mango star with African star rum and the frozen brown elephant. What? What is that? What is that? I don't know, but I'm wondering... We need to sort of circle back. Yeah, yeah, I think we need to I sort of circle. Should. You know, you can't see frozen. Let's talk about the big 800-pound frozen brown elephant in the room and uh, and figure out what it is. Oh, that's a nice-looking water. So intrepid researchers that we are, we had to get online to find out what a frozen brown elephant is uh, through the process of deduction. We figured it pro- was probably a frozen Coke and something, and I think we've determined that it is some type of... Rum, possibly a creamy liqueur. the creamy liqueur, African-inspired rum. It's definitely creamy. It's it's sweet. Yeah, you can see it up at the top. The rum is really nice too. Right, so obviously, we had to get one. So, all right, hold on. Mm. Yeah, it's really good, isn't it? Oh, it's like um, it's like a frozen Coke, like ice cream, like float thing with a little bit of a you know a kick at the end. Yeah, it's Not almost fr- like um like a coke float with some alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's very creamy. Actually better than a coke float though. Better. <laughs> better. Because it has the alcohol in it. Yeah, I don't know if it's the creamy liqueur, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you got to sort of mix it around because yeah. the uh, the alcohol sinks to the bottom and everything else rises. <laughs> the cream rises to the top literally and figuratively. Yeah. And look, as long as we were there, I mean, as long as we were online and had invested all that time, we might as well have gotten the spicy hot dog with kimchi slaw and mustard sauce, which we noted normally when it was at South Korea, it was maybe a third or a quarter a half, half, a half of, of a hot dog. And here you got a full hot dog. So, ladies, please dig in. I only have, I only have two hands and they're both <laughs> occupied. <laughs> there we go. I think I can only have one bite. I've eaten so much food. You can do it. <laughs> and I, can I saw you eat 16 hamburgers last night. You can take care. You can take down this hot dog. Don't tell them that. No, I'm just kidding. You totally did. It seems a little bit spicier this year. Like the slaw on top is kimchi, but it looks like it maybe has some mayonnaise in it as well. Um, but you can definitely see the pepper flakes in it. It gives it a really good kick. And the dog itself has the, the chili flakes in it, right? Yep. It's a spicy dog. Right, isn't, isn't the hot dog like um, locally made, like somewhere in Sarasota or something? I think. I believe so. And you said yeah. once that Disney procured it specially for yeah, this event. Yeah, made just for this event. Yeah. All right, hold that. Yes. Okay, you hold that. I'll hold this. It does have a nice kick, Lou. That's what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for a little zip in my step today. Mm-hmm. Heat right on the front of the tongue, right? That nice little crunch on the casing. Yeah. I love me a good kimchi too. That's <laughs> yeah. And you can cool your mouth off with the drink. Yeah, there you go. I feel like the kick is in the slaw and mm-hmm. in the mustard and the dog. So I like to sort of get it all over the palate and feel the heat all over the tongue. I really like that. I like um, I like a little bit of fire, and I think that's when the first time I reviewed it. That was one of the surprising things. I think it is a is probably one of the spicier things that you're going to find at Food and Wine. And I think that's maybe a, a pleasant or not pleasant surprise for a lot of people at just how spicy it is. But it's very different. You don't find that kind of hot dog at Nathan's. No, definitely not. 
But I'll take I, one more. Si- I'll take one more sip of the. You know. And I like spicy, so this is right up my alley. <laughs> I told you Julie was going to finish it. Look. <laughs> <laughs> Because I know you're um, you're trying to save I'm what's left of your appetite. <laughs> you're saving yourself for China, where they have the Beijing roasted duck in a steamed bun with hoisin sauce. That's that that's good. all over. That's what I want. And they have a a guli a guli a guli beef slider is something new as well as black pepper shrimp with Sichuan noodles and chicken pot stickers. I know you can get pot stickers anywhere, but I love me a good pot sticker. Yeah. I was just telling Lou earlier that I love to make them from scratch at home. So sometimes it's really hard to find good ones out out, out and about. But I'm really looking forward to also, I love bubble tea, a.k.a. boba tea. And they've got a new flavor this year. It's a mango jasmine tea with bubbles. It's really exciting. I think we need to get together one night. I think you guys need to make a couple of your specialty dishes. I'll bring over a cake from Publix, and you don't want me to cook. Trust me. Awesome. So as you can tell by the background music, we have made it into China. And once again, we ordered pretty much everything on the menu and then some. We have the, um, the roasted duck in a steam bun with hoisin sauce. As soon as that came out, Julie, the first thing you were like was, oh, my God, like, that's just beautiful to look at. I love steamed buns, hoisin sauce and everything, but, you know, roast duck is, like, my favorite. And um, there's a lot of duck in there, mm-hmm. and you can even see, like, you can see the crispies on the outside and what looks to be, like, nearly, if not almost sort of raw onions. Yeah, I think, it's, is it shaved onions? Shaved green, um, maybe spring onions? Well, listen, I'm not going to be shy. I'm just going to go grab one and dig in. Oh, my gosh, I'm going to make a mess. (laughs) That's why we have napkins. Which one are you going to grab? I'm going to do the middle one. Mmm. 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 Thank you. Mm Mmm. Ooh. That's phenomenal. It's really good. It's very sticky and sweet. Yeah. Roasted duck. I love the hoisin sauce. And like again, duck is one of those things like don't let it scare you because it's not it's not a gamey bird at all. It's sweet and the bun isn't, you know, I was afraid like sometimes the buns are very doughy and it, it's almost sort of you you lose some of the flavor in there. But not at all. These it's are a goofy and soft and very pillowy. Oh, I like that word. I like pillowy. I gotta take that one. I'm gonna I'm gonna give Julie to Mike because she's still talking. She's still chewing. <laughs> I'm gonna go back actually for another one of these onions. Mm. Yeah, the onions are nice because they kind of cut the fattiness of the duck. Yeah, I mean they're they're strong and because I mean they are sort of you know I mean barely cooked. But with the hoisin sauce, it's you're right. It's sort of that sweetened. Oh my god! I'm, I can get another one of those. <laughs> yeah, I, I just you know what I did? We cut it in the three, and then I put the whole piece in my mouth. So yeah. that's why it took me a few seconds stuck. So I stuck good. the whole piece in my mouth too. That's okay. <laughs> it's so good, so good. I have um, other words. That and you know, the only thing new is the beef slider, but that's a. Um, that might be a favorite of That's today. Favorite. That's a real good. I really like that one a lot. Well, and I really like the shrimp with the the noodles. Uh, it's kind of a little bit spicy, not very, 
but their noodles are really garlicky, which I like. And so, you know, even though I've had it many years in the past, it's still one of my favorites. All right, I'll have to just dig in just because. And wow, there's a lot of noodles on there, too. Yeah, it's a big plate. Say, That's a hearty a plate, yeah. Gotta grab a shrimp, too, just because. Mm-hmm. Mmm. Oh, I like the pepper. It's got a really, really, really peppery flavor. Oh, I like that a lot. And again, once again, we're eating on a garbage can, too. Yeah. Um, black pepper with, with Sichuan noodles. And you can see, again, like those chili flakes and... You can see the probably, flakes on the shrimp as well. Yeah, there's maybe, what, four, five, six shrimp in there? I keep eating the noodles. the noodles. I'm so full, but I keep eating the noodles. I love noodles. Like noodles and rice. If it's a carbohydrate, chances are I like it. Um, did you guys try the... Um, the Gaoli beef slider? The beef slider, yeah, it's good. It's well seasoned. Um, Curtis even tried a little bit of it. Try that yet? Very good. <laughs> did you all have a piece? What did you say? Is that what it is? Mm. Really good, isn't that? The beef is really tender. The beef is really tender. Cut and really the, thin. And, and the sauce is, um, it's a really sweet sauce. You know, it's a really sweet, I was going to say almost like a teriyaki is kind of sauce but there's a, a nice sweetness to it but the meat too it's it's lean but there's a little bit of fat on there so you get a little bit of sweetness in the meat too and the pot stickers and we obviously got pot stickers too um i like all i can come back i would come back and get all three of these all right china a little overlooked because i think people are like oh china why should i go i have chinese food all the time but these are items that you probably won't find on your regular Chinese menu. I'm chewing a piece of boba. <coughs> and the, the boba tea is really good, too. I like the big boba pearls. <laughs> yeah, we also got two of the... Um, what do we get? The mango jasmine tea with the bubbles. And there's, like, giant bubbles of, like... Tapioca, tapioca at the bottom. Okay. So it's a big tapioca, and what you do is it, you get a thick straw. We were talking about this early hums. So that's with boba, or some people call it bubble tea. You get a big straw, and you suck up the the tea along with the tapioca bubbles. And what you do is when they come in your mouth, you got to be careful not to choke on them. But then you chew on them, like I chew on them like gummy bears. So it's like a little nice treat. I'm obsessed with them. I actually even make boba drinks at home. Yeah, this is really good. Um, I'm happy we stopped for the new item and sampled some of the other traditional items as well. So we have made it all the way through Future World and around World Showcase. It's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fat. I feel fat. I feel fine. No, I feel fine. I feel good. And uh, we ended off where we sort of started and because when we walk in the World Showcase, we comment about how well-themed the, the Scottish marketplace is, how long the line was, wondering what people were online for, right? So there's, even here by the water, there's an old-style cart with hops and fruits and Scottish tartan flags. But I said, listen, we might as well come back to all began because I wanted to see not just what was new in Scotland, but revisit an old friend and really just, I want to make Julie eat haggis. So what's new in Scotland is the tipsy lair, the whiskey soaked cake with lemon cream and toasted oats. I wanted it so bad, I, could, I just couldn't do it. 
Um, we had to get the seared sea scallop with spinach, cheddar grits, and crispy bacon because it had cheddar grits and crispy, and crispy bacon. bacon. Yeah. And I think I, I think we really need to try the haggis with neeps and tatties because I don't know what a neep and tatty or haggis is, but it's traditional haggis. Now, last year they had a vegetarian, vegetarian haggis, sort of faux haggis. I don't know what it was made of, but I liked it. Uh, it was sort of like um, a fake meat. You were just you're just you're I'm looking here, shaking head. your head like no. So there's some you, things I will say no to. You are the food person. Yeah. What is traditional haggis made from? It's um, intestine from a sheep, I believe, or cow. I can't remember. But there was probably a more delicate way to explain that than just calling it the intestines. Yeah. But I guess no, it is what it that's is. That's exactly what it is. They like take some of the innards, they cook them up, and then they stuff it inside the intestine. Because <laughs> my mom is from uh, a Scottish hair or Scottish descent, so I remember her describing it to us, and we had never tried. I had been to Scotland once, and I tried vegetarian haggis, and it was really good. It had lots of like lentils and stuff yeah. in it, but it wasn't real haggis. So this is actually my very first time trying. And so that's what it was last year. I was like, hey, this is like this is vegetarian haggis. How different could it be than the real thing? So is this like traditional Scottish comfort food? I'm not even sure. Let's just but say it yes. Looks interesting. So it's got uh, rutabaga and mashed potatoes, and it does look sort of like a ground beef and little lentily thing. It's kind Julie, of grainy. <laughs> Julie's just shaking her head. Just I'm going to get a little bit of everything on there. I really like the mashed potatoes. You can tell it's made of some kind of organ because it's got that kind of metallic flavor to it. Mm -hmm. It's good when you eat it with the rutabaga and the mashed potatoes. So the key is probably to mix it up like I did with the rutabaga mashed potatoes. But I'm I'm going in for the kill. I'm just going to have nothing but haggis. I want want the flavor the way it was supposed to be. Unadorned. There's nothing like haggis, right? Baby, there ain't nothing like a good... I love me a good mutton. Um, Everybody like mutton? Mutton! <laughs> so, it's... Um, it actually does have good flavor. I just can't... It does. It's unique, it. and, I, and I can't relate it to anything. I can't no, sort of... No. I think it would be good with more lentils, like you said. Like you said, when you said lentils, I was like, oh, this, it would be good with... Um, but it's the traditional haggis. So, and I, it's you know, very, I don't it, like talking negatively about food or anything like that. So it's different. It's an acquired. I, it's acquired taste. It's an acquired. It, the it, other it, thing is, you know, that's like I said earlier about what's great about food and wine is that you can come and try a little bite of something. Right. If you really like it, you can order more and then maybe explore more in a different restaurant or something. But this one is not my. So it's very thing. earthy. It's um, very yeah. earthy. It's I, very earthy. You can taste what they ate. Like it see, almost I tastes love like mushrooms, and they're earthy. And this is it's a different not, kind of earthy. It's a different I appreciate that they crisped it up, and yes. like there's a lot of crunchy bites to it. Yeah. I think that helps. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with the texture. And look, I think once you do this, right, when you take the mashed potatoes and some haggis and some root and then... Mmm, see? Because the the potatoes are very rich and creamy. The root is almost a little sweet, so it it cuts it. Julie's just like, stop talking. I'm I'm having none of this. I need scallops now. (laughs) Um, I could eat that. I could eat, yeah. 
I, I could definitely probably acquire a taste to it, but I'm not sure how often I would actually be able to find haggis yeah. anywhere. Right. I'm not sure this is what I want the traditional Christmas meal to be at the Mangello house, but I can do it. And you know what? I, to your point, I like the fact that they were brave enough to bring it in here. Yeah. I think last year was sort of the introduction to the idea. Mm-hmm. It was kind of fun and funny to try yeah. the vegetarian. Now this is what food and wine is supposed to be at. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a chance for you to try something you, number one, probably couldn't find anywhere else. Certainly probably wouldn't order if you went to a restaurant and sat down. But if you want to spend 4 or $5 and try it out, you might be surprised. At least you can say, you know what? I tried it once. Great. Yeah, that's a great opportunity to do that. I mean, look, we're, you know, I said to him the other night, I'm like, you know, like Andrew Zimmern, I think that you should try everything at least once. Yes. I prefer my the things that go in my mouth to not actually be moving. That's where he sort of goes on the broader end of the spectrum. But I could at least now say that I tried haggis. Exactly. But if you don't have some scallops with bacon and mm-hmm. stuff, you are gonna you're gonna seize up. So <laughs> dig in. Don't be shy. There's oh, yeah, a yeah. lot of bacon. There's a lot. Of There's bacon. a lot of bacon. It was like they knew we were mm-hmm. coming. And I'm actually, I want to get down into that spinach cheddar gratin, too. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of bacon. Oh, that's really good. A little that's bit good. of the gratin, right? A little, uh, little bit of the scallop on the end there. It's really smoky tasting. Mm-hmm. I guess it's from the bacon. I like the spinach gratin because it's like spinach dip. Really creamy. You're right. The bacon is, um, it's very different. It's, it's super, super smoky. Yeah. I wonder if they use like a smoky cheese or something, too. In the, like maybe a smoky cheddar because even the gratin is smoky. To me, it almost kind of has like a little flavor of scotch in it. I don't know if they put any scotch in it and maybe cooked it off, but it kind of have that like, yeah, smoky scotch flavor. Mm. I didn't That's know good. I would like creamy spinach, but you know, I think it's the it's the, the cheddar the in cheese, there too. Yeah, you yeah. like your cheese. I've, yes. I've learned that in the last two days. <laughs> you put cheese on anything and yes. chances are you'll eat it. Yes, exactly. You get a little cheddar on this haggis and yeah. then, no? Oh, yeah. If they put bacon and cheddar on the haggis, maybe I'll eat it. <laughs> anything to sort of mask it on the, the actual haggisness of the haggis, you would do it. And it's so funny because we're thinking about, I'm thinking about that and like saying, you know, when we had the, was it the, is it Pinky? No, it was a Beijing duck, you know, on the steamed bun. I'm sure mm. a lot of people are like, I can't have duck, I can't have duck. Mm. So, I feel like there's going to be something that some that everyone's going to be like, oh, I don't know if I could try that. But you should just definitely at least take one bite. You never know if you'll like it. And at least you could say you tried it, right? And I think that's what I like about the menu this year is that there are some things on the broader end of the spectrum, whether it's duck or haggis or something that might not you might not want to normally try. This is the place and the way to do it. And I'm happy that they've sort of expanded. In my mind, they've expanded some of those offerings to be a little bit more daring yeah. and put some things that... Look, they're not going to sell 10 million haggises over Food and Wine Festival, but they're going to introduce people to it, and I think that's uh, I think that's the goal. Um, believe it or not, we have been walking and talking and eating for five plus hours. We tried to concentrate on just the new things, and we didn't even get to eat them all. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, um, partially because we ate a lot, partially because. Um, we just didn't have time. We missed the seared venison loin with wild mushroom marsala sauce and kumur. We were kind of disappointed we, because we wanted to try that I one. To try it, yep. But uh, time was of the essence. Yeah. And in Australia, we actually did try the sweet and spicy bushberry shrimp with pineapple, pepper, onions, and snap peas. You had that early this morning. Did yeah, you it was really nice. I actually, um, I'm I'm really interested actually to explore Australian cuisine a little bit more because it seemed like it had like some Asian influence with the sweet and sour. I mean, I'm sorry, the sweet and spiciness because it had bushberries, pineapple, pepper and onions and snap peas. Um, it was really, really, really good. I was surprised because when I first tried it, 
it was, and it's funny you said the sort of the Asian thing because you got a little bit of that sweetness on the front, and then all of a sudden, as it finished, you got a little bit of spice. I was like, hey, I kind of mm-hmm. like this. And because it had vegetables and fruit in it, I thought it, it obviously is healthy. It definitely felt healthier. Uh, I have also had the lamb chop from Australia, and one year I had it, the potato crunchies are on it were like salt and vinegar potato chips, which were no. really good. <laughs> So if they're doing it like that again, I will definitely make sure I have one. Yeah. Well, and we've been to, and as we've been talking and finishing up the recording, the whole time Julie's been going, well, I'm coming back later. I'm coming back later and we'll get this, and I'm coming back later yeah. and we'll get that. So what do you think was maybe your overall either favorite dish or favorite marketplace on, I can't even say the promenade anymore because obviously there's um, all the uh, the chew inspired stuff in mm-hmm. Future World. Okay. I have three of them. So I always love France. I always talk about France because they always have a really great dessert. So the um, the that chocolate and vanilla creme brulee and the escargot in a croissant. Like I've never thought of escargot yeah. in a croissant with the garlic and the parsley on top. And then of course the loaded mac and cheese I think is my favorite favorite this year. And then I got I keep going back to that duck. Yeah. The duck breast on the steamed bun is just so perfect with the hoisin sauce. Those I'm, are my uh, favorites. Yeah, I'm definitely with you on the the duck. What about you? Uh, for me, I really like the pork spirit that was at the Sustainable Chew. That was one of the dishes we had earlier today. Uh, it was really great. Uh, another one was the crispy pork belly because just about anything with pork belly is a yes in my book. And one thing I would really like to try is the cheese studio, which we did not get to just because it was so hot at the time. But I love cheese, all different kinds, so I'm really looking forward to trying that selection. Yeah, without sort of going through the book and, and really thinking on it, um, the duck stands out to me. Brazil stands out to me. Yeah. The croissant with the escargot, you know, again, it's one of the things like, ah, I don't want to try escargot, but it's delicious and it's buttery and crispy and quite and like, that was really, really good. Um, of course, there's the haggis. <laughs> It's so funny because before we started today, I thought I had a top five, and now the top five favorites for the year, um, for this year, and I, it's been rearranged a little bit now because you just remind me about Brazil and those little cheesy puffy breads. Yeah. yeah, the cheese bread. And I think that's the thing. Like when you come back and you think that you sort of know the places you want to go, we talk about some of the favorites here. It's nice to know that it, it is always changing, it is always being updated, and you know, it's a little more to uh, explore and enjoy. And, you know, we said it multiple times, if you think you can do it all in one day, you couldn't and you shouldn't. You're going to deprive yourself of, uh, of a great experience. So what that means, ladies, is that not only am I coming over for the holidays for some of your, uh, your favorite meals, but we need to come back and, uh, and casually do this again maybe in October one evening. We'll get together. We'll do a little wine. We'll do a little cheese. We'll have a little nosh. It'll be nice. Uh, but in the meantime, I would love you, who's listening, to go and visit cococooks.com and thelittlekitchen.net and tell people where they can find you on all the socials. Uh, so I'm Julie from The Little Kitchen, and I am at The Little Kitchen. You spell kitchen with K-I-T-C-H-N, no E in it, on Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. Yeah, and just a word of warning. Do not, under any circumstances, go to her Instagram account hungry because it, it will not end well for you because you take some beautiful food pictures. And I'm Suzanne of Coco Cooks. That's K-O-K-O-C-O-O-K-S. And you can find me at Coco Cooks on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And I just joined Periscope, but I'm still not quite <laughs> sure how to use it. So hopefully I'll learn soon. 
Nice. Well, this has been a lot of fun, guys. You have been uh, amazing, intrepid travelers and troopers today, bearing the heat and uh, and my culinary requirements. But this was a lot of fun, and thank you for uh, spending the day with us. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been really fun. Is it wrong that I'm thinking about dessert? Like I'm like, you know, I need to finish this off. Oh, there is. We can go get a cronut. Oh, a cronut. Wait, no, but I wanted to try the. What was the one you mentioned? The something with caramel. Oh yeah, the cream soda float with caramel ice cream. And that's right here, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I love that s'mores. The frozen s'mores drink at the Desserts of Champagne is coming coming back this year, and it's really good. I mean, it's on the way out. for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history or see how well you pay attention to the details and what you see, or, like last week, what you saw in an extinct attraction. If you think you know the answer, you can enter via email for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Before we get to this week's question, let's go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week was a detailed look in and out and around Mission Space, and we talked a little bit about the attraction that was its predecessor in that location, which was Horizons. It got me being very nostalgic and led to last week's question, which was to tell me what were the three destinations you could choose from as the attraction came to a close? Again, many of you, and I appreciate you sharing so many stories and a couple of you photos of you being at or outside Horizons. So many of you remember this one, got it correct, because you knew that the three destinations were space. You can sort of blast out of that launch tunnel, the desert in that cool hovercraft with the smell of the citrus and the oranges, or go under the sea in your little yellow, although not so yellow, submarine. I took all the correct entries, randomly selected one. Again, you were playing for a WW Radio Magic Band cover and a copy of the 102 Ways to Save Money for and at Walt Disney World book, both of which are available at www.radio.com. And last week's winner is... A. Detoli. So, A, congratulations. I'll pre- send your package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So, we're talking about the Food and Wine Festival. You've heard me say it over and over again for years ad nauseum that it is my favorite time of the year. And it really started back in 1996. And, and back in 1997, during the second year of the festival, the planners at Epcot introduced something new. It was called the Grand Tasting, and that continued on for years with that name. But in 2002, they moved it to a new location and renamed it. So your question for me this week is this. What is the Grand Tasting Culinary Extravaganza currently known as? You have until Sunday, October 4th at 11.59 p.m. Come on, this one's easy. You can figure this one out. What is the Grand Tasting Kent now known as? To email your answer to contest at www.radio.com. I will send you a Magic Band cover, 102 Ways book, and a Tomorrowland audio tour. So good luck and have fun.
That is going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in and virtually journey around Epcot with me. Sorry if you listened while you were hungry. If you weren't hungry before, hopefully you're hungry now and you'll make your way down to Epcot uh, before the Food and Wine Festival ends later on this year. And my question of the week for you this week is to tell me, what is your favorite, pick one, your favorite item at this year's Food and Wine Festival There are plenty of ways you can let me know. You can comment over at the show notes over at wdwradio.com. Just click on this week's podcast. Go down to the bottom. Leave a comment there. We'll keep the conversation going. Facebook.com slash wwradio is a great way to have conversation, not just with me, but with other listeners. Or tweet me. I am at Lou Mangiello on Twitter. Same thing on Pinterest and Instagram. And my personal profile is obviously facebook.com slash Lou Mangiello. Uh, quick thanks, as always, to some new members of the WDW Radio Nation, including Clint Larson, James Garfield, who I don't think is the same James Garfield that was the 20th president of the United States, uh, Justin, Justine, Amy Ferguson, and Ashley Deitler. Uh, thank you guys so very much for the love and the friendship and support. And if you want to help the show and get some cool rewards like monthly scavenger hunts, access to our private Facebook group, custom personalized magic band covers t-shirts logo gear backpacks uh mystery care packages from walt disney world and lots more you can visit wdwradio.com slash support also don't forget to visit the website to check out our blog videos i just posted a couple of new videos this week a snack of the week an interview with andrew zimmern and a recap of the last meet of the month you can find that over on the blog or youtube.com slash wwradio would love for you to subscribe there you can also get our free email newsletter lots of cool stuff going on on the site and every wednesday you can join me at 7 30 p.m eastern for wdw radio live normally we'll talk about this week's walt disney world news and then chat for about an hour or so you can watch via the mobile app or on your desktop, or better yet, you can also follow me on Periscope. I also do it on Periscope Wednesday nights and do a lot of Periscopes from the parks as well. Really one of the best ways to make sure you get notified of some live broadcasts as they happen. Again, I'm at Lou Mangiello on the scope. If you, the scope, who calls it the scope? Uh, if you have a question you want answered on the show, you can email me, lou at wdwradio.com. Call the voicemail at 407 900 9391. You can leave a question, a comment, a hello from the parks, whatever it may be. Great way for you to get on the air. And as much as I love connecting with you online, I believe wholeheartedly that nothing beats a handshake and a hug. I'm a hugger. What can I say? So visit the events page on the site or on Facebook to find out about upcoming meets of the month in Walt Disney World and special events on the road. Our next meet of the month is going to be Saturday, October 10th at Disney's Hollywood Studios, the last day of mulch, sweat, and shears. We will try and catch one of, if not their very last performance at the studios. So maybe meet around 4 o'clock. I'll have further details once I know the exact time and location. But again, that's Saturday, October 10th. Anyone and everyone is welcome. Come by yourself. Bring the whole family. It's fun. It's free. I'll have some giveaways. A great way to meet some other listeners as well. Also look at some of the other events we've got coming up, including our cruise on the Disney Fantasy, February 6th through the 13th. We're going to celebrate our ninth anniversary. And oh, by the way, it's a Star Wars Day at sea. We're going to New Orleans later on that month. Chicago in July and our big, big e-ticket adventure in and from New York on the magic to Puerto Rico 
Obviously, we're also going to be at all of the Run Disney events. You can come by, join the team, whether you want to run, walk, walk, jog, or just cheer. You can visit www.radio.com slash running. And I'm also going to be speaking at a number of conferences and to businesses on the road. So if you visit LouMangelo.com, you'll find some other locations I'll be at throughout the year, including I'll be in uh, Fort Lauderdale for TBEX uh, October 28th through 31st. Maybe do a meetup while we are there as well. And if I can help you maybe turn your passion into your profession with some personal mentoring or group coaching uh, and help you sort of do what you love Every day, I want to try and see how I can help you get from where you are to where you want to be. Visit LouMangelo.com, click on the Work With Lou tab, and let me know how I can help you or come speak to your business or your conference or to your school. Thanks, as always, to Mouse Fan Travel, my official recommended travel provider, because it's who I use, it's who I love, it's who you should use as well. They will give you a free no-obligation quote no matter what Disney destination you're going to. Incredible service all at no cost to you. They are mousefantravel.com. And go give some love to little Timmy Foster over at celebrationspress.com. And in return, he will send you Celebrations Magazine in print or on digital. And as always, my friends, and you are my friends, whether we have met yet or not, I think that's why I'm so just excited this week. Uh, all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. I would love it. If you took a second and tweeted out that you're listening with a link to this week's show, better yet, share the link on Facebook and comment there. And also, if you could take a second, go to iTunes, rate and review the show there. Thanks to you. We have more than a thousand five-star reviews. Would love to keep them coming. Want to thank some recent reviewers like Todd Popple, Victor Fumis from Brazil, and Zville fan. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to do that. If you visit www.radio.com slash iTunes, it'll give you a link and instructions on how to do that. And finally, and most importantly, I want to thank you, you, the one person that's listening. Thank you so much. I know how valuable your time is. It is, most, it is your most valuable and important commodity. And the fact that you choose to spend and share some of it with me means so much to me because you allow and empower me to share my passion for Disney with you. And I want you to feel that same way, whether it's about your career or your goal or whatever it may be. So look, while I think that that good things, you know, do come to those who wait and good things are waiting for you ahead, the great things come to those of you that go out and you hustle and you go get them because you can dream about your goals all day long, but you're never going to reach them if you don't do something about it. So start today with one small step and commit to taking new steps each and every day. Have faith, and as Walt said, always keep moving forward. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I hope you have the most amazing week ever. So until next time, see ya. Hi, Lou. Um, this is my first time calling. My name is Jennifer Feltman, and also hello to all the WDW radio listeners. Um, I'll be leaving to go to Walt Disney World in a few days now um, for my five-year anniversary. Um, my husband proposed to me um, at France in Epcot six years ago, uh, the same weekend we're going for our fifth anniversary uh, this year. I'm so very excited. Anyway, I wanted to say hello and to thank you for creating this wonderful podcast. I have been listening for many years now, and it's um, a wonderful escape, and it helps with my Disney addiction. I live in Phoenix, Arizona, so I don't get to um, Walt Disney World as much as I would like. I also have my own podcast called Outlander Music and Mystery, 
and you've been such an inspiration for me. I created the podcast last year after getting up, um, getting up the courage to do it um, by listening to you and your podcast, and also um, because of the way um, on your podcast how you always talk about pursuing your own dreams and doing what you love every day. I'm still new to podcasting, and I'm learning new things all the time and meeting so many wonderful people. I just wanted to say thank you for being a little spark of hope and positivity. And again, thank you so much. New Jersey. Back on episode 402, I think I left some messages that I was having health issues and I was planning on going to Florida to Disney World in September. I went there for my 60th birthday. My wife and I had a great time. Uh, MI, MEI Malfan Travel did a great drive setting us up and the staff at Disney was fantastic. Even though I'm still sick, my eyesight's pretty much shot. I was able to listen and eat and oh, I love to eat. And I had my Dole Whip and my mac- macaroni pot roast, well, there was pot roast macaroni and cheese. There, you, there we go. And a great time otherwise, even though I couldn't do some of the things I wanted to do. So thank you again, sir. Have a great week. You've got a friend.